I have moobs. Moobs. I'm skinny fat. Skinny fat. What does that mean? Let's go, TK. I should get my hat. Status is not very good. Okay. Let's go, TK. I think we should do a very serious intro today because we have a lawyer coming on the show. Let's go, TK. Well, we just, you know, we want to keep things mature here, Carol. You should get your hat. Mature person on this call today. We don't want to get in any trouble. Do you know what I was thinking about, though? At what? At life. Oh, God. I knew you wouldn't know what that means. No, I don't know. No, I got lots of facts. Boobs. It's up to you. Only I can prevent forest fires, TK. All right. Whippersnapper. Be a little whippersnapper. I didn't get the memo. I will do my best. I wasn't prepared to be mature today. TK? Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Daryl. Is there anything going on right now other than the Blue Jays and, you know, like, I don't know, the decimation of the world? Other than the decimation of the world and the Blue Jays, I don't seem to talk about anything else these days. Yeah. There's just always this looming threat of something's going to happen. Let's, we just, we love to think that this is the end. This time it's gonna be different. We're not gonna make it out of this one, Daryl. I don't know too many people that like to think that. I, 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 I have faceless people in comment sections that like to think that way. And no, it's not, it's not those people's faults. Those people are just doing what they've been programmed to do. It's, it's human, it's natural that, you know, there's this little bit of like a, ooh, you know, this is gonna be the time oh, yeah. where everything is gonna fall apart. The government's gonna fall apart. The the weather's gonna change. The the dollar's gonna change. My job's gonna change. It's everyone like everyone just has that. I think it's a natural built-in human instinct that keeps us creating and um, ensuring that things don't fall apart. I think it's healthy. I think people like to watch train wrecks and car crashes and slow down on the highway to see what's going on and i think that there's a lot of people that just kind of hope to watch something happen so that they have something to do what a great analogy it's when everyone drives by on the 401 going westbound traffic's fantastic oh, no issues actually near the airport no issues and young then, street but on the east side you know on east side at warden we got a guy pulled over on the road. Water. He's changing a tire. Right? He's changing a tire. And, that and guy must need help. We, He's little. We're going westbound, 100 kilometers an hour, but we should slow right down just to see, hey, I wonder if he's changing that tire differently than every other tire I've seen changed. Right? I wonder if there's any blood. Is yeah. anybody hurt? <laughs> right. Right? I love it. Why is that so, fucking asshole ruining my day? Right? There you go. There you go. Why I'm going to pull over. Who is this asshole that's screwing up everything for everybody? Yeah. But it's I wonder true, if he's like... related to the government. Ooh. The government's got to be involved. Probably. Probably. We got what an election all... coming up here in Toronto soon. We're going to really? do an election episode. That should make a difference. We're going to do an e election episode. Who are we episode. voting for? 
Who are we? Who who do who, we who does win? the show support? Who does the show support? Who does the show? Who do let's, we even have a choice of supporting? Let's put it out there right now. If you want this show to support you in the upcoming municipal election, Ooh. drop a comment and let us know what you're willing to offer us in order to support you with our loyal fan base. What about uh, Stephen Punwasi for mayor? Mr. Better Dwellings. Yeah, absolutely. I Are think there that, people that know, would vote for that? I, th I think somebody will vote for that. Absolutely. Is it all the negative people in the comment section that would vote for him? I'm I'm sure there's going to be people that, you know, he has been able to um, gather together in support of his ideas. And I'm sure he will get he has some a votes. huge following. Yeah, Absolutely. huge following. Yeah. Does he have a big enough following that he could um, beat Topple, out topple Tory? All of the seniors that love Tory so much. It's a hard it's a hard task why do we love tory why why does everybody like him what has because he done he has followed, he done anything because he follows the rules and he's and he's and he's very straightforward you know was and he no the, no was he the mayor to... after ford was he exactly. the next guy oh so well. no, and, what and an so act to follow no no one's been able to no one's been able to like throw him under the bus far enough that he can't climb his way back out and so everyone just says you know what stability this is good this is good i'm we don't need anything too extreme right now. Let's just continue right. on this path. Things aren't great, but they're going in the direction that, you know, they're, they're, we all feel is the right way to go. So I, I think that that's part of it. He's better than the last guy. <laughs> He's better than the last guy. So hold on a sec. Um, we do have something else going on out there, TK. What is it? Breaking news. Well, it seems that our good friend Tiff has made a speech recently Tiff, that Tiff, has. Tiff, what Tiff, did I say? Tiff, oh, Tiff, yeah, yeah. Tiff. I thought you were correcting me for a change. No. Tiff. Yeah. Tiff Micklum. Mm. Tiff Micklum. Tiff McCallum. How do you say his last name? Tiff Macklum. Macklum? Yeah, you got to say Are it like sure? a real it's not Anglophone. Like McCallum? Tiff Macklum, eh? Okay. All right. Well, then... Tiff. Tiff is like. He's got a little machine gun and he's like firing rounds in the air. And he's like, hey, I'm not. These planes are going to Libya. He's he's, he's hijacking the media and he's taking over and he's telling us. Um, I know some of you guys think that we're going to pause right now, but guess what? You're fucking wrong, bro. You are so wrong. It's ridiculous because guess what? We're going to stick a big one up inside you. He's been taking pages from the Trump notebook of you know political media uh, messages right like he's just he's out there he's saying things he's making he's like fighting people they're like polyevra can't fire me i'm here to protect the people <laughs> you know are you, and, are you doing a wario impression yeah. <laughs> <laughs> urban toronto pro is the most powerful business intelligence tool and database for the development industry in the greater toronto area efficiently generate leads and gather real-time market insights on all GTA development projects. Urban Toronto Pro makes it easy to track projects as they move through each development phase, from proposed to complete, and see the latest updates on each one, all in real time, all within a few clicks. Our database tracks over 60 different items per project, and each item can be easily searched across single or multiple projects. Learn more about the most powerful source of intelligence on Toronto's development industry. Book a call with one of our product specialists today. 
It's true great. though. He's like Wario. Who he's yeah. supposed to be? Piavra? Um, no, 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 no. I'm Tiff Macklem. But anyways, is he like? Okay. No, is remember that what he sounds like? I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. But you know, if I tried to sound too much like him, then you know people might think he actually said that. So I'm just trying to you know paraphrase oh, this, right? I so see. people are kind of okay. like, oh, okay, TK, I see. This Thanks is for right. Okay. Yeah, just clearing I... that up. So he's basically out there right now making these statements. You know, basically making sure that people are doing the right decisions. I think a lot of it has to do with guidance where he wants to have people. He wanted people to spend. Rates are going low. We're not raising those suckers. Spend, spend, spend. Go, 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 go. Now go. He's like, whoa, whoa, we're we're going to put rates up so high. Your grandkids <laughs> yeah. are going to be paying that mortgage off. You're going to taste Better these rates down on those vacations there, Mr. Frankfort. Oh, and no, we saw you just booked. You know, oh, and they're going to, no. they're, they're all over you, man. They got your passport info, man. Oh, they you. have my passport. I had to go through that whole fucking thing again. Yeah. It's okay, man. At least you okay. get a passport. At least I'm getting a passport in the passport. freest country on the planet Absolutely. with the best systems in place. Man, is it? It's like, you know, if you came from Nigeria, right? Yeah. And you came to Toronto and you were like, wow, there must be like a billion people at this airport right now it's so busy and like there's lineups everywhere people are just unbelievable to get into this place but the truth is there there aren't a billion people at the airport tk and no, when you're trying no. to get a passport like you'd think that there's like 18 billion people in that lineup and they just they're overwhelmed but oh you're no. exaggerating there's one person at the counter. TK. It was an hour. You were there for an hour. That's a I normal was five hours again. And That's I don't even long. have a passport, man. That's too long. I yeah. witnessed a security guard. Yeah. Threatened to take a woman's phone for taking a picture inside the building. This is like, this is crazy. This is not yeah. the uh, Canada kind of stuff. This is like stuff you hear like in Nicaragua, like woman attacked at the at the at the passport office for taking photo mm. right yeah woman's phone confiscated for taking photo huge 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 risk it's like the lady's Public like, security national security national security risk yeah. anyways tk i don't like lawyers well i don't mind lawyers I don't like paralegals. That's for sure. Why are there paralegals? I got a paralegal so far up my butt, TK, and this guy just won't quit. He won't quit. Since 2007. Yeah. I'm going to get this guy. You're going to get him. You're going to win. In the end, I'm going to get him. I don't know if I'm going to win, but he's going to lose. He's going to feel like he lost. He's going to feel like he lost. Even if he wins. I'm coming for you, man. I'm sick of it. No, but seriously, this guy, this guy. This guy yeah. was like disbarred. He's yeah. a he's a piece of work, man. Yeah, this is a fucking. <laughs> he's adventure. got your number though. Why? Why? Why number. do they gravitate? Right? You hit the smallest guy on the team, and now he's the enforcer. He's coming to get you. Oh, this guy like this guy's an ambulance chaser. Anyways, I digress once again. I digress, and I throw us off course. And we have a wonderful guest, so we're gonna we're gonna start talking to him. To I think that's the right I think thing. Nobody to do. wants to hear us chatter anymore. Well, nobody wants to wait to be on the show. You've made that super clear. Having waiting on the show is like torture. Like torture. Like, did they forget about me? What is if this, I put is on? Is this actually happening? What if I put on like some music? Oh, that sounded interesting. There he is. Like an intro. Hello. 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 
How are we all today? Good to good to meet you, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Oh no, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Good. You got you got me on a Saturday, and I managed to put on my nice little my nice little jacket. I'm all excited for this. Look at you, you're in the I got a house room. coat that looks like that. You know, it's, it's there. You go. There you business go. in the top, uh, <laughs> vacation in the bottom. You know, <laughs> absolutely. I had a meeting like that last week with my sweatpants and my nice collar shirt above. This is a new look. I think I can make it work. I think I've been making it work for about three years, actually. If if anybody can, you could. So we're going right into the show, Mark. Uh, You know, you're you're a lawyer. Uh, You're coming on the show with like a lot of experience in the real estate market. Um, I'm a real estate agent myself. I'm with Frank Leo and Associates. There's one of my partners who's who's always talking about you. There's they're always saying, you know, Mark Morris says this and Mark Morris says that. So you've got a good presence out there, uh, wealth and knowledge. And you know, we're hoping that our listeners today are gonna grasp a little bit of it and uh, see where uh, see where we go over the next hour. Yeah, terrific. Look forward to it, guys. Yeah, I was thinking this morning, like if people actually listen to the show and they don't just tell us how stupid we are in in the comment section, like there's there's sometimes there's stuff to learn here, isn't there? Like, are we we're somewhat educational, aren't we? I think today people could actually learn something. I, I had the pleasure of speaking to Mark uh, a few weeks ago. And I mean, this guy's a straight shooter. And I mean, he's not just a lawyer. This is a, this lawyer thing is a facade. This guy is a, a business genius. So I think we'll have a very interesting conversation today where we should start, I think, um, where we we started talking, but nobody cares about what we think about these kind of things is like, what's Tiff doing, man? What's he doing? What's he? Why is he going out there and making these crazy speeches? Why don't you just sit at home and shut the hell up? (laughs) I've been I've been asking that question for a long time. Uh, I mean, it's not so bad if you can you know, be, uh, give a prognosis and actually be accurate. But Tiff hasn't had a a great uh, track record in that regard. Uh, Notoriously so, I guess, last year when he said that everyone can keep borrowing with interest rates being very low for a very long time. I think he kind of destroyed himself and the Bank of Canada's credibility uh, that he is now basically saying that, hey, we're going to have to keep raising rates. You know, that's, that's, largely something that most of us can now see coming based on where the U.S. is and everything else. I think he's just reciting at this point what is the obvious. But I don't think that when the chips were down and when he actually had control over what was happening next, he really conducted himself with the greatest of a plum. Uh, And I think it hurt a lot of people. I think it hurt a lot of people by keeping rates low for that extra session. uh, The pain on the back end to make up for that mistake uh, is marked, and I think that while we were all in for hurt, I think the hurt has been definitely uh, increased by that misjudgment of last year. So, in terms of where he is now, pretty simple, straightforward banking stuff has to follow the Fed. As the Fed goes up, he has to follow up; otherwise, our dollar is going to plummet and everything else. Got it. But in terms of where he has some leeway and where he chooses to make certain statements, I think his credibility was largely shot last year. And uh, I'm not all that impressed with the, with that particular crop of leadership as a result. I've said as much online quite a few times. I was saying to Daryl before the show, he's kind of taking like a, a a Donald Trump sort of media approach here. It's like every single time the Bank of Canada is now tweeting a lot. They're they've got all these announcements. They're really getting involved with sort of these forecasts on on what they typically weren't as um, 
involved with you know it was usually just you know looking at the data and and reciting what it was that they felt where the market was going they were keeping it really conservative i mean all the years past i don't remember any announcements like this as bold and if that's true and i just wasn't paying attention the media is taking hold of everything that they're saying and putting it out there a lot faster and quicker these days and that's really having an impact on the market that's that's for sure i mean like uh, the breadth of, of communication uh now amongst the general public is, is it just exceeds anything we've ever seen. But, you know, I'm going to point something out about, about the Fed um, and the Bank of Canada generally. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, particularly if you're ensconced in the area of the world that we're ensconced in, real estate, and all we see are these condos and we think about Vancouver and Calgary, and we think we have a breadth of understanding of the Canadian economy because we're able to understand what's happening in Vancouver real estate. Well, real estate is only a component of what the Bank of Canada, with its blunt tool, which is the ability to rise interest, raise interest rates, is dealing with, right? They have to concern themselves with the manufacturing base. They have to concern themselves with the oil and gas uh, exports of this country. There are other things other than real estate that are in play when they are considering their real estate response or their, their interest rate I response. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I thought it was all real estate. I thought the whole world revolved around real estate. You would think right? so, right? I thought so. I thought so. Especially because I think real estate has, has now peaked uh, and isn't going to be necessarily the driving force of economic uh, of the economic world for the next year or two. You know, the Bank of Canada has concerns that are greater than real estate. And I think one of its major concerns is supporting the dollar. Remember, if, the, if they do not raise interest rates, then the dollar plummets. Uh, and the, and, and that's specifically because the Americans are raising interest rates. They've telegraphed to the world. They are raising interest rates. They are saying it's coming. Uh, growth was anemic, uh, over the past, uh, I think two weeks, I think we had 21,000 jobs created or whatever it may be. Uh, I think interest rates are simply put scheduled to rise regardless of what TIFF says, because there's larger factors than real estate. Now, having said that it all directly affects the real estate market, every bit of it. And the interest rates are starting to hurt. There, there's an interesting dynamic at play that I've been kind of considering in my office, which is like, well, interest rates are at a point where if you had asked me last year, I would have expected them to hurt. I would have expected this to be like right. panic, fell off, you name it. And yet that's not what we're seeing. In no. fact, what we're seeing in my mark, my area, and I mean, my, my office does like a hundred deals. So it's not a representative sample, but a hundred deals a month is enough to kind of understand what's going on. And I speak to a lot of my friends who are volume producer lawyers and everything else. Uh, you know, what we're seeing now is that we're seeing the market is somewhat leveling. Uh, it's no longer panicking. There was panicking before. We used to see default after default. We're no longer seeing that. And so to some degree, in the face of higher interest rates and in the face of potential higher interest rates, what we're starting to see is the market slowly acclimatizing to the new reality and people not panicking. And so the question is, is that a short-term plateau? Yeah, is this is this a sustainable thing? I mean, listen. Correct. We're, yes. Tiff just Tiff just told us all, hey, guess what? Anybody thinking pivot, wrong. Anybody thinking pause, wrong. Anyone thinking quarter point, wrong. Right? So totally. how the hell is this market like still hanging on? It's it well, what's interesting is so many people, particularly in real estate, kind of look at interest rates and they say, well, higher interest rates mean X. No, no, that's not right at all. Higher interest rates can easily be sustained. It's higher interest over time that mean X. It's the time factor of higher interest rates that's a killer. 
And the problem we have, and the reason I think that we haven't had a massive collapse is because not many people have internalized. I don't think, I don't think the collective has yet internalized how long interest rates are going to be high for. They think, well, it's going to be a year. I'm just going to sit there and I'll, I'll get a one-year fixed rate and then by next year it'll be okay. And I'll just sustain it for that year. But if you are seeing this as perhaps five years, seven years until we reach 2% again on our interest rate, well, that's a very different factor because most people can't hold out that long. And so what we're doing is we're deferring pain. We aren't actually avoiding it. And it, 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 it's a dynamic I'm wrestling with. I'm not saying this is the right interpretation, but there's definitely something at play where the damage that I would have expected to see is not yet appearing in the market. The question is, will we be able to ride that out throughout all time? Or will this, in fact, be something which we're just putting off? I think the smart money that I, I follow on Twitter and others and everyone else and the people who I, who I respect are basically saying, listen, come the spring of next year, this will become internalized and we're going to start seeing sell-offs um, commensurate with uh, the volume declines that we're seeing in the markets. Makes sense. I mean, what our bigger concern is not necessarily the demand. We know the demand's there and they're losing buying power, but they are adjusting. It's the people who currently are in their homes servicing debt. How are they going to be able to weather the storm? Because they've had this option that the market would bail them out. So I was talking to a consumer proposal like bankruptcy trustee this week, actually, it's a client. And he was saying to me that, you know, for two years, the phones weren't ringing because the government bailout programs and, and different things for different reasons. And he says now, right now, is cumulative. He was saying about like CERB repayments, lack of uh, uh, business subsidies. Uh, you know, he named a few things and he said Job now his lost. phones over the last like, you know, two it's months two, or so. Not two years. The, the trustees have been dead for seven seven years they've been dead. well we had a two, he had a two he had a two-year period he was he was telling me this i mean again but you're probably right on the data but but to, compared to covid times over the last two years the last two months has been uh you know nothing but phone calls and meetings and his is all consumer debt and all that kind yeah. of stuff right but that's that's what we're going to start to see is people no longer going to have that ability to go and refinance out of that sure they won't have the ability to be able to just sell and get out because their house price has gone down well, it's right. because when they did their original projection to maybe hang on and see what happened, they didn't think we'd be here right now, right? They didn't think it would be like this much of a raise so quickly, right? They probably forecasted a decent raise. Like I, I remember even like I had a spreadsheet and I was like, shit, when my when my mortgage comes up for renewal, like what 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 does it look like at like 5%, 7%, 8%? And I was like, holy shit. What if it does get to that point? Like, where's the point where I go, this thing isn't fucking worth hanging on to at, at 8%, right? The, the interesting part, uh, Daryl, is that you're probably not typical of the areas of, of real estate that are in distress. The places that are presently in distress are uh, level C finance, mix. Oh, yeah. Because what's happened is mix, uh, so, so just for your... For your listeners, I know you guys know this, but you have class A banks, and you have your class Bs, which are like if you're self-employed or whatever it is, and then you have your C, and your C are largely private lending, and private lending is largely come about with mix, which you know assemble private money and say, hey, we have the following opportunities. Now, where did that money come from? Well, that money came from HELOCs, and it was mom and pops, right? It's HELOCs, <laughs> and no longer have the money in our calling. Yeah. But in addition, if you were going to a mix. You were probably not buying in desirable areas and you were over leveraged. Now, what this means is that it is the MIC based lending, which is always on a one year basis, by the way, 
that has seen the most substantial decline in real estate value. And as a result, what we are seeing now is mix exiting the market. And it's a problem because mix were already the vehicle of last resort. Yeah. And as a result, if you had a mix based mortgage, yeah. you were already at wit's end. You could not do anything except pay these atrocious rates. Yeah. Forget it. And, and, and what's fascinating to me is that in the A's and the B's, there's still money available in the market. There's no shortage of money. There's, there's no, no shortage. Money, there's no money supply issue. It's just an interest rate issue. Yeah. Okay, people will make peace with it. They'll roam. They'll, they won't take vacations. Fine. But the mix, there's a shortage of money. There's an actual shortage. And as a result, if we do start seeing the price decline, and if we do start seeing the catering of the market, cratering of the market, it's going to happen not in the place where someone is judiciously saying, what happens if I get to 7% with my TV mortgage? That's not it. It's what happens when my mix doesn't renew and the value of my property is now 60% LTV instead of 85%. And there's no other option. And no other option. I have, no I, have other two, option. I have two. I have two of these clients right now. So one, thankfully, we've sold and we got an extension from the lender, and the other one, it's uh, a new listing that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And their payment went from thirty-seven hundred dollars a month interest only to six thousand dollars a month interest only because of increased fees and, and costs that they've added on. And they were already like 95% loan to value on a property over a million dollars. They had a second mortgage as well. It was like. Whoa. And it was just like, we need to sell. So I'm dealing with those already. Can I, can yeah, I and we, sorry, girl. Well, okay. I was just going to say, we, we just heard like Romspen had to kind of block the exits recently. Right. Cause I mean, like you said, okay. So it's coming from the line of credit. So that now all of a sudden the line of credit's like, you got 18% interest or something like that. Right. And the mix paying you nine, or I don't even know what they're paying you. And you're like, um, I need my money back, please. This doesn't work for me anymore. And the mix like, um, go fuck yourself. We like, can't get we, it back. We have to we're, ride this out. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying. You're not, you're not yeah. fucking this up for us. Sorry. Um, and, and yeah, it's a real disaster. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone because, um, as you may or may not know, I got obliterated in 2009. Right. And what I was saying is like, you couldn't find a dollar, right? Liquidity just, it disappeared overnight. It's like, if you, if you went to some guy and you said, Hey, listen, I'll, I'll give you my car. I'll give you my wife and I'll pay you 25% per month. They'd say, what else, what else you got? Like, no, thank you. Right. And so, so you no. Know, People that in in what in the in the circumstance you're talking about, like that's there, like they their their liquidity has gone away. It's dried up. If totally you, dried up. Totally dried, dried up, up, gone. But you know what's interesting to me, if I can take this just in a in a bit of a higher level discussion, what's interesting to me is how are, are we allowed to swear on this show or do we not swear on the show? What's Fox, the story? No, no, no we're, we're actually known for not having any swearing in our show. And no swearing we? shall emerge from 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 my lips. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting about this, if you just step back, is the systemic way that people, particularly those people without assets, have been forced into the position of actually borrowing and being in these positions of vulnerability. You know, after World War II, I'm just going to back up for one second. After World War II, the government made a choice. They made a choice. They decided that they would extend their credit, their credit worthiness to the housing market. I have a client who I used to work in restaurants all the time. And I have a client who used to run, he does run a huge chain, like similar to the keg kind of thing. 
not as big, but the same sort of stability. Every year at the time that I was working with him, this was 10, 15 years ago, he would drag in about $4 million net. That's what he would net from his restaurants. Wow. Fascinating stuff. But he rented. He rented all of his places. He decided it was time to buy. He went to the bank and he said, all right, bank, here's my balance sheet for the past 20 years. I'm netting $4 million. Can I have money? You know what the bank said to him? What's your salary? <laughs> no, the bank said, screw, not screw off because we're on a yeah, yeah. real estate show. They said, thank you very much. Take a hike. Really? The reason they did that is because, and what they said is, what real estate do you have to put up? Conversely, Mark Morris, I mean, I'm not the fittest guy. I have a ticker that will, will you know, make, I might get run over by a bus tomorrow. Who the heck knows? Yeah. I can walk into a bank and say, can I borrow two million bucks against my home? And banks will fight with themselves to figure out how to shave off a quarter of a point. Have you ever thought of how ludicrous that is? Well, the reason is because we have made the housing vehicles and markets in this country, the only mechanism by which an average person can borrow at government rates. Yeah. I want to start up a business. I want to open up a restaurant. Good luck to me. Not Security if you don't own a house. Yeah. Sorry? Not yeah. if you don't own no a house. Forget it. Going to do this. Even though it's risky, even though it's actually creating jobs, even though it's not passive income, even though it creates dynamic economies. No, no, hell no. We're not doing that. What we are doing, plain and simple, is real estate. And we'll do any sort of real estate you want at prime rates. And so someone who hasn't made it in this world, the people who are approaching the mix, they're watching their uncles and their cousins make money through assignments. They go to the bank and the bank says, we're not ready to fund your businesses. And they're thinking they have little kids. They're like, what am I going to do? And someone says, real estate is the way forward. And they look around and the Canadian economy is based on it because of government fiat since World War II. And so they invest. And yes, it's a stupid investment. And yes, it makes no financial sense. But as compared to their alternatives, it's the only vehicle that has been left to them. Yeah. And as a result, these people who are hurting, these people who are creating fraudulent documentation, these people who are going ahead and borrowing at atrocious rates, there's actually a very sick logic to it that all of us are complicit in based, complicit. On, the, based, based on the economy we've created. Yeah. And, mm. you, and you've got to think at some point, there but for the grace of God goes I. It's a very sad state of affairs. And that's yet what, that's the state of affairs we're in. Yeah, that's what we were saying the other day. Is like, what other outcome was possible? I mean, look at the incentives of the whole system, right? Like, this is the only end game. And the, the, the real issue is that the system is so big and so fucked up that, like, how is it going to change and when? Right. Like there's nobody in this room that doesn't see the elephant is a disaster. Right. And like, but like, what, what can you do? Look, like take like the city planners, the ones that are good city planners for argument, for, just for argument's sake, like they're, they're leaving the city. Right. So now even the, 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 the people in the city who are pushing for, for, for helping out the economy or getting, are you a supplier or a demand side guy? What, what do you think about this? Uh, myself? Or yeah. TK? Is no, no. We don't. We don't care what TK has to say. <laughs> we always right. hear the TK. I like has this to show, say. by the way. This is awesome. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, uh, I think that uh, the market 
uh, is based on demand. Uh, I think the supply issue, uh, I, I think it's about how we tweak demand. I, I, it, this actually harks back to my last point. Because what we've done is we've structured something where the only real returns are in real estate, those people who have single homes are encouraged to buy income properties as well. The reason that we have uh, the prices that we have is because anyone with available dollars is plowing them into real estate, pushing up prices and thus making uh, less units available. It's both, I mean, to some degree, that's both supply and demand, but that's the fundamental crux of the issue. I don't know about you, I have multiple properties and I have multiple properties because it makes sense on paper. Like I've done out the investment, done, finished. I have commercial properties. I, I try to take my assets and everything I've built and buy real estate. Why? Because it returns, because I can borrow at government rates. And as a result, every single time I'm buying that, I'm taking away from someone who doesn't have a home and would want to purchase. I mean, that's just a facet. That's the supply demand feature. So to some degree, I actually think it's more driven by demand than supply. But having said that, there mm -hmm. is there mm -hmm. is uh, a supply shortage. I don't want to minimize that. I'm not trying to tell you that we don't need more product. We definitely do. I just think that demand itself is artificially bolstered by government policy. And, and it was overblown during the time when we were seeing the peak. It was like, we don't have enough houses, the green belt, the, the lake, the, the government red tape, all these things. This is why, this is why. But it was really just excess demand. We just well, had... And, and well, well, part of the problem is, and this is, this is not to the credit of realtors, because realtors were the ones making this mistake more than anyone else. Everyone was basically saying, it is a demand issue. People want homes. But that's not accurate. It was a demand issue, but and, but it wasn't people that wanted homes. It was money that wanted homes. That's mm. different than mm. people. It's money. And so what happens is if the government goes ahead and pumps massive amounts of money into the economy, as they did at the start of COVID, and increases the money supply by 25%, they are increasing the true demand for homes, which is not people-based. It is monetary-based because Mark remains one person, but Mark now has more money to buy more homes. Thus, the demand increases. That is the fallacy. It is people who talk about immigration are conflating the issue. It's about the available money supply and the fact that we have intentionally diverted the best uh, returns towards real estate and thus the money swarms into that creating demand. Now, what we're seeing right now is the opposite. We're seeing monetary tightening. And that, in turn, is going, even though we still have the same immigration numbers, is going to see the the, the actual numbers plummet. Because, again, not people-based. Demand-based, not people-based. That is the question. Not that people don't play a fundamental component in this. I'm not trying to tell you rising immigration doesn't affect supply, uh, doesn't affect demand. But it doesn't affect demand the way an increased monetary supply does, because you can have 200,000 people enter into the city of Toronto that has 3 million people. And that has a much lesser effect than increasing the money supply by 25 percent. The available dollars increased by a full 25 percent. That you have to do nothing to get, right? You don't have to do anything for this money. Here you go. We've had a lot of these points on different shows, different guests and everything like that. I think you summarized really, really well 
what the issues were from the past. And we had a guest on recently, just to further to one of your points, you talked about creative ways for financing and stuff. And we talked about the, you know, is it better to rent or is it better to own? And the issue is, and why people choose real estate is because they just don't have the financial literacy to understand how to invest, how to start a business, how to be able to grow their wealth, because real estate really is the best way. It's, it's simple. It's easy. I pay my mortgage. The tenants pay the mortgage. I get mortgage pay down. I've got appreciation. There's all these different uh, vehicles that are going to lead to me you know, growing my net worth as opposed to me actually having to study all the other available financial products. Cause I'm sure there are financial products out there that, you know, can outperform real estate, but on the grand scale, nothing has outperformed real estate but isn't that, that I know about. Isn't that so sad? Like I built a business with 72 employees when I sold it, 72 employees. I had 14 wow. physical offices. This was illegal. Yeah. Seven, a, yeah, a, legal, a legal business, but I've built yeah. other businesses as well. Some have failed, some have succeeded. I build a business or two a year and, or every couple years. No big deal. Yeah. And look, some of them are good successes. Some of them aren't. My ones currently are working. The one two years ago, had you spoken to me, was failing and blowing up. Who knows? Nice. Every single one of them does not return. I, I keep on thinking I'm going to hit it out know, into the stratosphere. And I do this because I love it, but I also do it for return. But when I examine my most successful businesses, had I just taken that same money and put it into a passive company I, uh, and bought real estate, I probably <laughs> would have done better. Is that yeah. not a sad indictment of our wonderful Canadian system? ecosystem? Yeah. I, like, I, I wrote an article for CBC about this that was widely published um, and, uh, in their opinion columns. And I said, like, I've built businesses. I've employed these people. And yet... This person who simply sat back and invested here has done better. What is wrong with us? Why can't we re-incentivize those people who are truly busy building active businesses, not passive businesses? Why can't we incentivize people who are taking risks? Why can't we backstop our banks for people who are doing venture, true venture, not, not this not this thank you very much, I'm going to build a condo. Like, uh, people will buy condos. We don't need you to enforce that. People will lend for that because there's already a market. They won't lend if you're building active businesses that have risk. And yet, that's where the innovation, that's where the vibrancy, that's where the 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 strength of an economy can can, can, can take a look at Silicon Valley. Take a look yeah. at what happens. The U.S. knocks us so out. But of what the happens in that here? Department. What? So, okay, let's say that we this shift happens and they 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 smarten up and they're like, you know what, we need to put money behind innovation, right? And funnel it out of real estate. So now imagine the shortage in real estate because where are those developers putting their money now? They're not going to stay in development if the incentive isn't there. These are smart guys. They're going to move to the to the next top of the food chain. And next thing you know, every real estate developer in Toronto is in prop tech or behind some crazy tech business or wherever the incentives lie, a, a manufacturing plant, uh, whatever it turns into, right? And then it, it, see, what, what I was just thinking as you were talking is, is the incentive... Um, for the economy to be fed and based on the real estate feeds into people wanting to build more of the real estate and it will yeah, unwind exactly. in the opposite direction if you take away that we're incentive. focusing on we're focusing on real estate and it's outgrowing the the pace of the innovation and growth and all the other uh, business sectors where if we had focused on the business sectors real estate would just be a natural consequence but not, not only that Carol, keep in mind the real estate sector has enough gas in it that if you remove all government incentives 
uh, it will still flourish. People oh, it'll still, be better. Well, sure. It'll be way better. The, best. the government doesn't backstop stocks, stocks. And yet people flood into stocks, right? Mm -hmm. CMHC plays a valuable role because what it does is it allows those Canadians that are trying to get a leg up into the market to alter. By the way, it doesn't play a valuable role in research. It's so useless in research. I can't. <laughs> I'm so, so. I was about to say, what's what do you mean? They forecast? were right. They were right. Look, we're almost C there. 18% down. It, it only took a C few CMHC, years. CMHC, I just want to comment for one second as a brief aside. For 10 years before 2017, I was screaming at CMHC. I have records of correspondence saying, please investigate foreign ownership. And I was told by top echelons at CMHC that they were not looking into this matter. Like the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters, they weren't looking into. It was at the time. That was Chinese money came in until about 2017, uh, where it was about 6% of the uh, Canadian economy. And then it fell to about 2 or 3% because government fiat in China actually mandated that the currency basket of Canada was no longer in vogue. But until 2017, there was a massive influx of, 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 of Chinese money and, and other foreign uh, CMHT was totally blind to it. Although you could get the prettiest of reports as to what was going to happen to uh, farmland in some random place. It was, sure. it was, it was remarkable. The Anyways, birds on the farm that yeah. migrate in the spring, you would know everything about. Sorry. <laughs> Well, CMHC plays a valuable role in its backstopping of Canadians who cannot afford and thus can put down less than 20%. They do. But do you know that CMHC plays that same role for people who are buying multi-unit apartment buildings of 100 or more? Do you know that I can get CMHC insurance when I'm buying an $18 million multi-res? I mean... You can build. Build one. What? Yeah. What? They'll and, lend and you I the cheap money to build one. And employ five people? What are you talking about? Where you can, are but you doors? have to wear masks. You have to wear masks, and you have to have extra people at the door to like ask people to wear their mask. And that was that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you when you're talking about how to how to incentivize the innovation around businesses, right? So maybe like another government arm similar to CMHC. Oh, yes. More government. Right? That's the answer. Please. Let's well, add they need some to, more government. They need to have to something. Oh, hold on, Daryl. You say that, but there is such a dearth of government. Look, to some degree, government is needed. We need an army. We need roads. We need police. And absent basic critical infrastructure, which is where government can play a valuable role, we all fall apart. But the thing is this. They've probably overdone it on housing. They should not be involved in half the things they are involved in. Yeah. But if they have over-involved themselves there, they have massively under-involved themselves in other areas. I'll give you an example. For those people who are starting businesses, just about the only financing that is available to them is BBC. I would suggest to you that small oh. businesses that fail, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like large sort of things. I'm talking about that BBC loan for $250,000 where you are only responsible for 25%. That is something that actually I have watched many of my entrepreneur friends invoke and use and be able to recover from. I'm not suggesting to you it's a good system. I'm not suggesting to you that should be the policy that's there. But that's a rule for government that is encouraging innovation. It's probably the only one that they've created that actually is used. I don't know that diverting from insuring 100-unit 
multi-res apartments, which would ordinarily get low interest rates anyways, and putting that into a program that can fund businesses of less than $250,000 would not be a great investment for our economy. I think it would. I think mm, actually sure. that would be a better use of resources. It would be. Although you would probably get a lot of stupid money thrown around at a lot of stupid pro uh, uh, like companies as well, but uh, who well, knows? There's risk involved. I mean, at the end of the day, the Canadian people are paying for something. So you have to put your, your dollars behind somebody. You have to back a particular entrepreneur, uh, you know, venture capitalist, uh, you know, real estate investor. Like somebody's got to be backed here. That's what we're all working towards. And if it's creating jobs, why would we not? Like housing is important. Right, but I don't. I don't think that those buildings would would not be would not be housing people, right? Like they're there, they exist already. Somebody's going to own them. Somebody's going to live there. But those businesses, that's what's going to be creating jobs, which is going to allow us to be able to continue to grow. To grow. And the states kills us in this department. When you Listen. talk to people in the states and you look at their net worth and what percentage is based on their principal residence in real estate, right? It's way different than what it is in Canada. It's totally different allocation. Yeah. Totally different. They've been able to figure that out. Can't we just like find an equilibrium? Like, is it really that hard? I mean, the, 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 the Metro around the corner knows how many apples to have on Tuesday for God's sakes. Right. Like Walmart knows how many, uh, lamps in, that are black, like to have in North Carolina at 8 PM on a Thursday. Like, why can't we just somehow find, you know, okay, well, we have three people, they need houses, like, okay, build three houses, boom, press the button, the factory pumps out a house. Like, aren't we there? Because we've distorted through government incentives. And those government incentives now rely on those government incentives. And I'll explain what I mean, because that sounds like a perverse statement. The government incentives rely on the government incentives. Yes, okay, I'll yeah. explain what I mean. So we have funneled massive amounts of money into getting people to build product, right? We've said, hey, real estate's important. We're going to attenuate what we just talked about, ways that we attenuate government policy to ensure the building goes up. But over the course of years, because that is the only facet that's actually underway, um, we now have taxation on new build construction, as an example. In fact, our municipalities are almost wholly reliant on development charges and Section 37 charges and God knows what. Why did that arise? Why have they attached themselves to that? They've attached themselves to that because we've incentivized, and this is the only form of actual structured uh, develop, uh, business that exists in so much of our economy. So what I'm getting at is unwinding. If you ask why can't we do that, it's because unwinding the system we built where we have whole tax structures, whole economies, whole governments that are reliant upon it continuing is a very difficult task. Yeah, It requires actual leadership. I just wrote an article. I submitted it. I don't know if it'll get submitted, but, yeah, but just this morning I wrote one. And I basically said, look, it's municipal elections in, in Toronto now. What we really need more than anything right now is we need someone with the cojones to actually stand up and say, very simply, we are ready to raise the taxes on the city of Toronto and scrap development fees. Why? Very simple answer. Mm -hmm. Because if you scrap your development fees and your section 37 charges, then you build more product, which ultimately contributes to the overall tax base, lowering taxes for everyone. It's a virtual circle. But in order to go that route, so this is answering your question directly, Daryl. In order to go that route, 
You have to have a politician that's ready to take immediate pain and say to people, your tax rates are going up. You want to know why? It's because no one's ready to do that. It's because yeah. politicians are not ready to stick their neck out because this is a long-term systemic change that is needed and they are going to take a short-term hit. And thus it is that development fees, instead of going down to zero, which would have benefited everyone, have gone up 49% this year. By the way, yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't collect taxes. I'm saying they should be collecting taxes differently. Yeah. Well, they did I eliminate Toronto, Section especially. 37, or they called it something new now. But Oh, great. Well, that's, that will change everything. Yeah, it's 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 uh, I think it probably nets out to cost more, but it's not called Section 37. So we're making progress. It's good. Nice. nice. This is how the city of Toronto property tax uh, rate is, is you know, incredibly low. Everybody knows that where, you know, it brings more people to the city. It creates more demand in the city. People want to pay more for real estate in Toronto because of it. If they had raised taxes a long time ago, we wouldn't have been in this mess. The land transfer municipal tax is, is nonsense. The development charges that we're going to be facing soon. Most of the money, I believe, is still sitting in a trust account, right? It's unspent. It, most of it's unspent. Forget about right? even the development charges. Just to put in an application costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like Just yeah. to say, here's my paperwork for you guys to tell me something is missing and that I've interpreted the interpretation of your interpretation incorrectly and go hire some more people and spend some more money to boost up the end price at, for the end user uh, now. And then come back to us in like six months once you've paid like, I don't know, maybe another million dollars of interest, uh, which won't affect the end price for anybody. Um, and then, you know, we'll go through this again. And maybe, you know, you'll end up with... A, 90% of the, um, the the density that you've asked for and we'll chop out, I don't know, maybe 30 necessary suites. Like this is the system. This is actually how it works. How and, and, and you know what? We, we've been given, what's interesting is in the city of Toronto, we've been given a glimpse, a little glimpse of what freedom looks like this year. So you know how they raised the development fees by 30 to 40, 49%? Yeah, I well, noticed they that. something else in order to pass it, which actually was great. They, they, they finally did something great. I don't know if you've heard of this, but if you are converting a house and adding a single unit or a second unit, they have waived development fees. Yeah, that was at the July 5th uh, council meeting. Yeah, right. it's because that was the compromise that was made in order to pass the 49%. But you know what that does? I just owned a, pro uh, I just sold a property just before they made this announcement. I owned a, 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 like a corner of a block of a, down, of a mid midtown Toronto place. Uh, it was two units and we did out these glorious plans. And I looked at the plans and I said, okay, each of these units I can build out into, I could make four separate rental units from where there was nothing. And I looked at it and I did it out with my architects and I realized that each of those units would have cost me, this is not exaggeration, this is before the increase, $64,000 each. And as a result, I didn't touch just, it. Just in levies, like not, just not even just charges. the renovation. Just in development okay. charges. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Not talking about the not talking about the, the, the construction costs or anything else. $64,000 times four was my tax to begin to get my permits. And so my business partner and I said, screw this, and we sold. We happened to have sold in January, so we were very lucky before everything else Hey, happened. hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but we, no, sold. But... we sold, and the person who bought from us was a developer, and they are not doing anything with it. Now, here's the really? interesting thing. We would not have sold 
had we known of the change that was going to take place, which would have removed the 64,000 times four, because that would have changed our pro forma. And so what we saw directly, what I witnessed directly was what the effect of removing those taxes do. It created units or it would have created units had it been passed last year. Yeah. We are, we are, we are shooting ourselves in our own foot. Oh yeah. I have access to some interesting data on uh, like development, uh, like just statistics. And, and, and I was looking at these charts with the guy who produces them the other day. And it was like, Whoa, like, look at that, 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 that anomaly, what happened around then? And it was like a government policy. Right. And then it's like, Oh, look at, look at that. All of a sudden there's like, no three bedrooms and the two bedroom mix went up like crazy. Like what happened there? Oh, that's a policy thing. And it's like every blip in the market is driven by some policy change. Right. And you see them all over these charts and all over these graphs. It's like, when will they just, will they ever just be able to leave it alone and just let it do its thing? Like, is that not an option? Like, does anybody really think that this way works? You don't keep your position of power unless you're making changes, right? Unless you're able to Yeah, make you don't changes. get reelected unless you're telling so, people you're going to make things better. You so, can't just so sit still. I have a question and I, I was, I was talking to some pretty smart real estate guys and they couldn't answer this, but you, you, I think are smarter than them so that you might be able to answer this, but I don't know. Uh, TK might even be able to answer this one. Oh, I so, thought you were so, talking to TK. Well, <laughs> I, I've learned my lesson. Uh, Okay, so we see what happened in the UK recently, right? With pension funds and the government yeah. coming in to save the day. And we saw what happened to Evergrande or Evergrande in China. And I mean, the, the government said they weren't going to come in and save the day, but lo and behold, they come in and save the day. And in the States, years ago, we had our Lehman Brothers moment, right? So, so how big are all of those in comparison to the Canadian real estate market? Like, is the Canadian real estate market such a giant component of our overall economy that it's like one of those is it all too the issues to fail? that you brought up whether it be evergreen whether it be the uk pension whether it be canadian real estate they all share something in common and it's not necessarily the size of the market though ancillary uh, but on an ancillary basis it is the size that's directly affecting what i'm about to speak to it's the, uh, it's the idea that, broadly speaking, we all have our hands in the pot. And thus, Everyone. the political pain is real. Right. You know, if fundamentally someone loses their shirt to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars, if Elon Musk is forced to buy Twitter, I just sit back and laugh. I, I, you know, I, I sit there, I watch it happen. I enjoy reading Twitter. It doesn't affect me. Don't care. But if there were $44 billion worth of loss amongst the general consumer public because it's properly spread out, that's when politicians start saying they're going to take action. That's when we need to invade and save the economy. The thing about Canadian real estate is that it is the vehicle for saving amongst normal Canadians outside of pension funds. And even pension funds in this country own massive portfolios of real estate. After all, teachers owns Cadillac Fairview and Omer's owns, uh, uh, sorry, uh, and uh, Omer's owns uh, Yorkdale and uh, Oxford. And yeah, like we all are invested in this. We have all made our futures in this. 
And so the government is forced to intervene when we all collectively feel pain because that's where the voting public hurts. Um, I think that real estate is something that they have, that they now, particularly more, more so than any other year, they have to watch out for carefully because the political ramifications of a falling market affect us broadly. And thus it is that the Bank of Canada and the political powers that be are more susceptible to the pain that we are all feeling as these things go up because we are more broad, it's more broadly affecting the political base. And that was true in China, and that was true in the UK, and that was true everywhere. This is a widely held asset. Thus, it, there is more political ramification to what is taking place. As to whether that affects things, I don't know. But certainly, in terms of turning the levers, this is what will turn the levers. So is there more of an effect from the market, the real estate market going down? And then, like, would that, would that trump the the dollar going down as a result of helping boost i don't the, think so like wasn't it a boom I, I, town I, I when the that, dollar was like 50 cents and, and we were hollywood north and everything was going out of like things were flying out of canada all over the place was that not a good time can we not afford to have our dollar lose a little bit of a step against the u.s dollar and wouldn't that boost things around here Am I crazy? We have, we have to I, import I a lot, though, from crazy. them. Think about all the imports that we have from them, right? We, how much are we, they really exporting from us compared to how much we're buying from them? What the hell do we even need from them? Don't we well, have I'll everything you, here? I'll tell you what we need. I'll tell you what we need. What we export is the thing we've always exported, oil and gas. Anyone who knocks that doesn't really understand how this economy works. Yeah. Alberta still produces, and, and we still produce, massive amounts of raw material based on our land base. We do do that, trees, whatever it may be. So there is that, but you should remember, we import for our construction industry. These may be unfinished materials, but they are finished elsewhere. And we need them in order to fund the great towers in the sky that we are building, the steel, the uh, all of the products. It actually, if that, that particular industry is, is something that imports hugely, so we are exporting and we are importing. And the truth is, you go ahead and you have a low dollar. What you're doing is you're increasing construction costs as much as you are helping our exporters. And it's, it's something that has to be weighed. I don't know that I'm the person to weigh it, but I am the person to identify that issue. I feel like Canada really should be self-sufficient with most things and that we really, like we were talking to uh, 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 the Bald Prairie. And I, I mean... He made it really clear that that our wheat exports are super suppressed by by government policy, right? And 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 when we talk to people from Alberta, they they feel the same way. Like they they really hate the government, and they feel like you know everything I guess has been subsidized to death, and 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 just kind of fucks with their bottom lines. Like we should be Canada on the world stage has so many resources that people want, including us. Like we could really save ourselves some money while you know charging everybody else more for it and we like we would be a like we're, we're on every major trade route like we really could hold a lot of power but we're like we're fucked up by all these stupid policies and all these horrible deals that our politicians have made am i am i crazy on this one too no i think i think canada's more regulated uh look it's not as regulated as certain areas of the world i don't think we're doing terribly but i will tell you if you compare us to america if you compare us to places that 
that don't have the same regulation that are ready to tolerate more failure, like systemic and individual failure, uh, I definitely think that there is a hindrance to business in this country. There's no question. We are, we do not, like right now, if you think about it, there's a big war that's taking place in Europe. And that big war, Slava Ukraine, that big war is, a, if you think about it, on the same latitude as our country, which means that the very things that are produced and are no longer being produced there over the next two years, mm. you mentioned a couple of them, wheat. Let's take that. There will be a massive market for wheat. And who's going to produce it except people who are on the same latitude? Us. We are perfectly positioned to supply the world with wheat. And yet we have the Canadian Wheat Board that subsidizes, that ensures that there is a distribution as opposed to massively exporting to the market at this point, because there's a dearth of that supply. Oil and gas as well. But don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm hesitant to talk about oil and gas because I, I really, my number one issue in this world is the environment. And, and I really, the Canadian oil is, is, I know I'll be blasted for this, but it is not the cleanest of, of oils. But still, we're talking economically, just purely economics here. We have an asset that the world needs that yeah. is going up in massive value. Yet, we don't have the ability to properly immediately turn on a dime and start supplying the way that we want to. This is, in fact, the Canadian, what, what has always stymied the Canadian uh, yeah, economy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, we, we, ref we, we send it to them to refine, to buy it back from them. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, it's like, here's our gold. Um, you're going to give it back to us, right? Like, why would like they're filling the vodka bottles with water? Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, here's your vodka yeah, back. Don't worry, it's still gas. full. Yeah, here's your yeah. gasoline, dummy. I, I think the main the main thing is this. The main thing is is that I think it's been proven over and over again that the housing market's not the most important part of the Canadian economy, and I don't think that the government is going to support or bail out the housing market if they're seeing the Canadian dollar, you know, uh, shrink, if they're seeing, uh, you know, businesses suffer, if they're seeing inflation, take out the poorest of the poor and, and create pressure on wages. Right now, look at all the unions and stuff like now fighting for wage increases. TIFF is going out there saying, stop, don't, don't pay them anymore. You know, like that's, that's, those are major issues for that entrenchment of, of inflation into the economy. I think you're right. I think it the hurts people. The number one priority, the thing that is making them sleep, lose sleep at night is inflation, inflation, yeah. inflation, inflation. That's inflation. it. It's right. not about what it's doing to the housing market. It is, we need to bring inflation back down to a reasonable amount and we'll do anything for that. I, it's not me thinking this. They're saying it directly. No, they're saying it directly. Yeah. TK actually hit, I, I wrote this down. I wrote down like one thing at the beginning of the show and it's about inflation being entrenched. Like this is the, this is the thing. This is their fear is that it's entrenched. And if you look up the defini definition of entrenched, um, I mean, it basically says their mandate, like th their mandate is to entrench inflation, but at 2%, not at 7%. Like entrenched inflation is part of the system. Why are we afraid of it entrenched at 7% and falling? Why are wh why weren't we in afraid of it being entrenched when it was at like 3% and everybody on Twitter was going like, uh, hey guys, you better start reversing course now because I think 
this thing's going to get a little heated. Like, why weren't they doing anything? Well, then? part of the reason is, and this is this is going to make me sound like one of those nutty conspiracy theorists on, on Twitter. And I don't mean to say welcome nutty. to the show. Oh, this yeah. is the starting of the show. Go. But 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 I mean, the only way to actually maintain um, economic hegemony and and uh, and the balance of power between everyone's current state is by maintaining low inflation. It's when you have high inflation that uh, people um, fundamentally lose their positions in the economy, in the relative economy. Uh, after all, you can go ahead and you can borrow a million dollars, but if you're borrowing a million dollars and things are increasing by 7% per year, a million dollars isn't really all that important uh, in 10 years, right? It's, much, it's, it's, it's a lesser basket. Uh, and if you're able to get a 30-year mortgage rate, as you can in the States, um, you know, on, because remember we're tied to the States, but you can get 30 year mortgages there. If you can lock in at 2% and then things go up 7%, your million dollars that you borrowed is nothing by the time that 30 years happened. And it's not because you paid it off. It's because of inflation. And suddenly, if you want to look at the world this way, inflation is the thing that actually drives, even though people don't feel it, largely some degree of economic equality. It allows people to move up and down the ranks. Whereas entrenched 2% means that everyone stays where they are. Um, mm. Again, I'm not trying to sound conspiratorial, I'm not trying to sound overly left here. That's just a facet of inflation. And when we say we're fighting for lower inflation, what we mean is we're fighting for the status quo. And are you surprised that governments are trying to achieve the status quo? People vote for governments when there is not, when, when there's stability. Not when there's change, not when things are in flux. Mm -hmm. It makes sense politically that that they're entrenching. We, we talked about that in the beginning, why John Tory is so popular, because he is status quo. He's able to just be, you know, the guy who's basically saying, we're just going to keep everything going right where right where it's totally. at right now. Totally. It's yeah. exactly who he is. Yeah. Status quo, it, it's, often, it's often the case that people want to vote for change, except if they're comfortable and if things are working well, in which case... Status quo works. And by the way, the Canadian electoral cycle is three elections. What happens is you always vote for change and then you get your status quo uh, and you're fine with status quo for two elections. And then you say, you know what? The status quo isn't necessarily working. I'm going to vote change. Then you go <laughs> for three. This is why, yeah. by the way, the conservatives will come in. It isn't about their leaders. It isn't about Trudeau. It isn't about, it's just, yeah, just time. Anyone, it's just cyclical. It's just yep. cyclical. The Canadian, yep. economy, the Canadian political economy is very boring. It's just cyclical, cyclical, cyclical. And yeah. that's what happens. Mark, we, we're coming to the end of the show and I just want to make sure that uh, we are able to, uh, you know, give you a little bit of a shout out to you because one of your businesses is your is your law firm right now that's helping people uh, with their residential and commercial real estate transactions. Residential, can, yes. Just residential. Okay. So can yeah. you give a little bit of a, a shameless plug here on where... Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. So I run LegalClosing.ca. I, uh, I used to run some of the largest law firms in, in, in the province, but basically what I do now is purely residential real estate. We do it in volume. We have awesome staff. We have fixed pricing. Uh, you know, if you, if you hire us, we do a little Irish jig for you. It's all very, it's all, it's, a, it's this whole package that you're going to love. But be all and end all is we're a fully, fully virtual firm. We've been doing this for 20 years. And our big selling point is this. Um, because uh, we don't have we don't have the cheapest prices to be very frank. We're about thirtieth percentile on our pricing. I just I figure I'd admit this right away. Our pricing is right on our website. It's all flat fee. We're about thirtieth percentile or so. So about seventy percent of lawyers are higher than us. Thirty percent are lower. That's intentional. We're trying not to be bargain basement. Um, having said that, uh, where we do specialize 
uh, is when deals go south. Uh, when you need someone who can fight for you, when you need someone who knows the law, when you need someone who ultimately can stick handle those tough situations, which is what you have now, uh, there is no better firm to have on your side. Uh, we have deep experience in this area. The value for money that our firm therefore creates is incredible. Uh, those people who stick, use us once usually stick with us. Our repeat client base is amazing. And to the extent that, you know, we get to uh, meet new people and start working with them, uh, we consider ourselves very fortunate, very lucky. We don't take that for uh, granted. And uh, I would welcome you all to give me a call and tell me if you need any residential real estate done. Awesome. Amazing. Don't, don't forget his Twitter. Uh, what, what's your handle on Twitter? Mark in Metaform. Mark in Metaform. And uh, I'll get one, one other plug, which is I do run a, a separate business called legalreview.ca. It's not my law firm. But what that is, is we will do status reviews for you within two hours. This is not me. This is a collection of lawyers. I run the underlying technology. You pay 50 bucks and there will be a written status review for you seven days a week, such that you can bring your offer without conditions. Um, and is, cool. these are all accredited lawyers. They are all in writing. We all train them very, very well. And it is a great service that's been getting a lot of uptick in the community. And I'll, I'll plug that one here too. What's the turnaround on that, Mark? Two hours. Two hours. Oh, 50 can't bucks. Beat that. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Well, you come Holy. highly recommended. You're a friend of the show. And, uh, you know, anybody who's looking for a lawyer, reach out to Mark. Straight uh, shooter. Straight shooter. Got to no, talk to. No bullshit. Hey, I thought you said we couldn't swear. What the heck? You can you can't swear. You can't swear. Oh, oh, I'm, I see, I see, I see. Guys, thank, maintain, you, thank you so much for having me on. Maintain really. your thank, you. thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate it. Have a good one. You too.